This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown, coming to you live on AMI-tv. It's Friday, so that means we assemble our weekly news <coughs> panel. Let's welcome in our panelists, jo- uh, Joita Gupta and Michelle McQuig. Good morning, Joita. Good morning, Alex. Good I, to see I was you. getting tongue-tied. I, I was blending the first name, last name together. And good morning, Michelle. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like the mashup. Hi, Alex. Yes. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, I'm making it through. It's Friday. So let's start with the Emergencies Act. All week, I've been sharing sound clips from the inquiry, highlighting some of the key moments and as various ministers and federal leaders spoke. We heard from Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland earlier in uh, segment one, and we will hear from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau later today. So while we don't have his testimony to refer to, I wanted to get your thoughts on the week so far. So, Joita, I'll start with you. Like, what have you made of this week's testimonies from the inquiry? I think it was very interesting. There's a couple of things really leapt out uh, for me. I think the whole issue of economic security took greater prominence in the inquiry than I had previously anticipated. We heard from both Christian Freeland as well as the clerk of the Privy Council that Canada's economic security was at stake as a result of the blockades and the disruptions brought about by the convoy. And uh, they interpret that as being part and parcel of national security. However, if you look at the definition of national security under the CSIS Act, economic security isn't really mentioned. But you hear Christopher Freeland say very forcefully that economic security was very much part and parcel of her judgment and her consideration in determining whether or not to make use of the Emergencies Act. As you heard in the clip in segment one, she said, you know, I didn't really want to Uh, evoke or invoke the uh, Emergencies Act. But setting that aside, I felt that tens, uh, hundreds, if not thousands of jobs would be protected. She's very, she says in that clip that she was worried about investor confidence disappearing, uh, the impact on foreign investors, that we would be seen as unreliable by the U.S. And then there would be trade disruptions, which could, could lead to long lasting impacts. And all of that is really interesting to contemplate because Uh, At no point is anyone really saying that, hey, we were worried about the government being overthrown. You would think that would be the more typical definition of national security. So it does raise a question for me about what the definition of national security is and whether economic security, in fact, falls into that definition. Yeah, Michelle, we'll go to you now. What What really stood out to you? There were a few things, actually, that stood out, and this was one of them. And I actually personally think it's kind of smart for them to pivot in this direction in terms of emphasizing the economic risk. Whether or not it meets the definition or not, they're probably going to have an easier time presenting a case on economic grounds. And they've been able to produce communications from U.S. high government officials who were raising concerns about this. They've been able to quantify things with dollar figures about how much trade was lost in a given day. And we're talking billions of dollars. So they're able to make a pretty strong case in those 
ways. We've heard earlier in the inquiry that some of the other reasons, the, the more traditional reasons one would expect to invoke this act, might be a little more difficult to nail down. Uh, we've had police forces saying that they didn't think it was necessary, others saying they think it did. We had the head of CSIS saying that even though it didn't technically meet the definition of national security according to CSIS, he did support its use. So it all gets kind of muddled and confusing in that way. And adding to the mix is the other thing that stood out for me, and that was Attorney General David Lametti's testimony. Uh, it, was, it was pretty colorful. There were some interesting insights into conversations between him and other ministers, which is always fun to get a peek behind those curtains. We don't get those very often. But what really jumped out at me there is that he is he's citing solicitor-client privilege and why he cannot explain the legal basis for invoking the Emergencies Act, which is kind of the central question of the whole inquiry. So mm -hmm. that, to me, is very interesting as well. Um, and I don't honestly know um, Justin Trudeau is going to face a difficult day of, of grilling. I have no doubt. It's going to be very interesting. We're expecting protesters to show up. Uh, we know that won't make for the friendliest environment for him to navigate in this context. Um, but I really, in light of the fact that David Lametti has laid some groundwork for not providing some of the explanations this inquiry is seeking, I really don't know how much is going to change given the Prime Minister's testimony today. Yeah, I 100% agree. I thought it was very interesting that he was very uh, forthright with a lot of the answers, and then, oh, what is the actual legal advice that led to the decision? Well, I can't, uh, I can't disclose that. Mm -hmm. I, I can't actually give the rationale, the whole purpose for uh, this inquiry, what we really thought and what was the motivation behind actually doing it. But I also agree with you, Joita. I thought it's very interesting that early on we all saw it from a macro view, a micro view with the focus on Ottawa, and and a lot of people, especially even before the inquiry started, that, that was kind of the focus of what we all saw the Emergencies Act use being applied to because this was locking down the, the seat of our, our federal government. You know, this had been going on for weeks. I was really getting the attention. But as you kind of peel back the, the layers, you're, you're hearing from the more, you go up the ranks in terms of, of the voices that we're hearing from. They, they go from, okay, the Ottawa uh, situation to now, okay, we're talking about the closure and the blockade at the uh, Ambassador Bridge, and then also the situation in Coots, Alberta, and, and really pointing to those two situations as key factors for why the act was necessary. And mm. uh, you also mentioned to the Jesus director saying, well, by the current definition of the act, no, this doesn't necessarily qualify, but I still, in my opinion, believe that it was val uh, valid to, to invoke it. So has has there been one um, testimony this week that kind of has stood out amongst the rest that have uh, taken place? Michelle, we'll start with you. Yeah, for me, it was Lametti. Um, that, to me, was, is really trying to get at some of the central questions that this inquiry is trying to pose. Uh, it was the most illuminating in terms of the nitty-gritty, but also the most confounding in terms of the lack of response on on that really crucial question that I think we're going to see posed to the Prime Minister today. Of why was it done? On what basis did your government make this decision? What kind of advice guided your thinking on this? We're not going to get that advice. It's pretty clear that we're not going to find out what that was. And so, to me, his testimony was uh, has been the linchpin of the week thus far. But today could change that. <laughs> Absolutely. Joita, what about you? Well, I mean, I talked quite a, I, I talked at length about Christian Freeland, and I think it was very interesting to, to hear her say what she had to say. Um, at some point, she got tearful and 
seem to have been quite emotional about the whole thing. But yeah, I agree with uh, Michelle. I think David Lametti's um, testimony and the things he chose not to talk about are very interesting uh, as well. In tr- and I think Michelle's done a really good job of covering that, so I won't go over the same ground. So I think what that does is kind of sets up uh, some expectations or lower, maybe even lowers expectations around what we might end up hearing from the prime minister this a- later this afternoon in terms of his testimony. So, you know, that was the central question being what was the r- legal rationale for evoking the Emergencies Act? And we just don't seem to have a clear answer from the person you would have assumed would be best placed to provide that information to us. Do you feel like we're going to hear anything new from Justin Trudeau? I I, I kind of agree with you, Joita, where I, I feel like expectations are being lowered because we've heard from all these other high-ranking federal officials and, and ministers that these are all uh, kind of people in key positions. They've, they've shared a lot of key information, but they've also skirted away from, from the real pressing questions. I don't think we're going to hear the answers to those from... Prime Minister Justin Trudeau today. Uh, do you think we're going to hear, uh, Joita? We'll start with you. Um, I don't know if you'll hear anything drastically different. I mean, I will, of course, be pleased if I'm wrong and we get some clear answers. Uh, we've gotten a lot of conflicting information about whether the Emergencies Act should have been evoked. Uh, but I think um, Trudeau will get asked about why existing uh, tools and existing powers, say policing uh, powers, were not enough, and what it is that actually prompted the use of the Emergencies Act in this situation. I think uh, it would have been an interesting experiment to consider whether, you know, uh, if it had just been a protest confined to Ottawa and we did not have Coots, Alberta in the picture or Ambassador Bridge in Windsor, whether the Emergencies Act would have ever been evoked. Um, I think We'll be hearing a lot of what advice he got from the director of CSIS, uh, who said that the convoy protest did not meet the 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 national the definition of national security under the CSIS Act, as I think we mentioned a couple of times already. But uh, that's also the same definition used under the Emergencies Act, by the way. But he advised to Trudeau to to implement uh, the Emergencies Act nonetheless, and. Um, we would also have heard uh, by now from, from Brenda Lucky, who said that the police hadn't actually used all the tools, that, uh, that the RCMP, pardon me, had not used all the tools that were at, available to them or were at their disposal. So I think Trudeau's going to get asked a few tough questions and get pressed about why it is that uh, he did not lean more on the RCMP and, and give them the leeway to use the tools they already had. Um, I think... Uh, the other thing that we might hear Trudeau get asked about is questions or concerns about his personal safety, uh, because many politicians were threatened uh, or, exp- or or received threats during the the convoy, um, and there might be some questions asked about uh, how safe he felt, uh, whether the, uh, the, per- the 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 personal threats might have been a factor as well uh, in 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 deciding whether or not to evoke the Emergencies Act. So, I don't think you're going to get something that's drastically different from what we've heard. Uh, I speculate that that would not be the case, but I suspect you're going to, he's going to get pressed on a lot of the things that we've 
we've been we've been hearing about all week. Uh, Michelle, I'll give you the final word on this. Do you think we're going to hear anything new or groundbreaking from uh, Trudeau? And and then on top of that, has this week changed your perspective at all on on the proceedings? Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not going to get too deep into the personal weeds in terms of what I think, but no, I will say that the inquiry has not really shifted my thinking on that front very much. In terms of Trudeau himself, uh, I, I would be a bit surprised if he broke some truly new ground, although there is always the possibility that we're going to see some text or email exchange that would prove illuminating. Those have been really, really interesting throughout this inquiry, including this past week. So even though he himself has gotten fairly good at sticking to the script and staying on message, um, he, I expect that to remain to a certain degree, but we'll see. I mean, it, it really could go either way. And like I said, there is going to be a, a more uh, confrontational environment today. There are protesters expected to be in the gallery, those who were opposed to, or are opposed to his government and have a deep personal dislike. So like Joita, I'll be interested to see about talk about his safety and how that comes up and also how the presence of the protesters influences the proceedings today. And I will end with a little bit of fun facts for those who are in the mood for a bit of Justin Trudeau whiplash. A few hours after his appearance today, on uh, in, before the inquiry, an episode featuring him of Canada's Drag Race will be airing. <laughs> for those who want a slight change of pace from our prime minister. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 hard to go. You can go serious, and then you can go very light. So it's uh, we've it, got it, it all here. In Canada. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, thank you both for uh, for enlightening us with this uh, conversation. We'll leave it there. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.